Hey everybody, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Bill. Have you ever asked yourself, what is your superpower? Everyone has a superpower. Most people just don't know what it is. We're going to help you uncover it. This podcast is all about helping people figure out what their truly unique superpower is. Superpowers, what's yours? All right, hello and welcome to another Superpowers podcast. This podcast, Chris, has been six times in the making. We, you know, we had Corona delays, we had Black Lives Matter delays, but I couldn't be more excited. We have an incredible guest. Why don't you introduce her and let's get going on this. Let's get going. What's up, everybody? Another Superpowers podcast. We got Lizzie Weldham uh, on, the, on our show today, coming in from Newport Beach, California. Lizzie and I have been uh, friends for many years. I'm not too sure how much overlap uh, Lizzie and Bill have had, but we'll get into that. She has been in tech and media for probably two decades. Um, Vivendi, uh, CBS. Um, we're going to find out what has kept her at Pandora for almost 15 years. She's badass. She's a mom. She's a female tech um, uh, executive, well-respected one. She's very funny. She's got great IG game. So I'm going to help, uh, help boost her follower count today. And she's looking glamorous in the only, the only room in her house where there aren't sleeping boys. Welcome, Lizzie. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you guys finally could pull this off after canceling on me six times. No, yes. I'm yes. kidding. And so, so the story I needed to tell was, you know, I feel so, so terribly that we had to, you know, cancel and, you know, our people were talking to Lizzie's people and, you know, we finally got, I woke up this morning and my internet is out. So I am, I am now using cell reception on an iPad. You're just not, you're not meant to be on the show. You're the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody, why don't somebody you like, Bill, why don't you like Lizzie? If we yeah. could just start with like, what, what, what did she I do agree. to you? Why, why yeah. do you hate her? I, I why think do you hate he's her so scared. Much? Chris, he's scared. He, he's yeah. heard the lore of, you know, my crazy wit and, you know, jokes that are scary for certain so people. So he's showing his insecurities, Lizzie, where he's I, like, I, if I have to face her, then his... The bill, the the bill profile diminishes. Maybe maybe I just didn't want the mullet to appear on the on the program, you know. Maybe, right. Maybe that's it. But Bill, you, right. did, br you did bring a superpowers podcast T-shirt. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Thank yes. you for that. I, you listen. Unlike you, you're living the C2B brand. I'm living the the superpowers podcast brand. Um, you know, Lizzie's living uh, the Pandora brand. Let's. Uh, I have I have a rosé T-shirt on today. For you All guys. right. Well, well, go. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this throughout the show today. I'm going to um, sip out of my. There you go. All right, we got lots Shameless. of brain to go in. Shameless. Got, All right, we got lots right. to cover. So we got yeah. lots to cover. Lizzie, let's let's start with a young Lizzie. Um, was it Elizabeth? Was it always Lizzie? Oh my God, that's a funny thing that you bring up because my mom and I were talking about this the other night. It was always Lizzie. My sister is two years older and named me because on my second birthday, she couldn't get Elizabeth out. So, wow. it, became, so it became Wizzy, which became Lizzie. But in high school, I was obsessed with this idea of changing my name. So I was a cheerleader. I'm sure you're not surprised. And I had Elizabeth, Liz, and Lizzie put on different sweaters, right? Because you remember the names would be on the back yeah, of your yeah, cheer of course, sweaters. Of yeah. 
and tried to see which one would stick. You know, I was like, oh, if I put all three out there, we'll see if one of them sticks, hoping Elizabeth would go. No such luck. All of my friends were like, no, you're Lizzie. You're going to be Lizzie forever. It was a valiant try and it's not happening. Did you ever get like Lizzie the lizard? Like what did you, you must have had some really fun quirky ones or like little dudes just had shameless, terrible things they called you. No, lizard is definitely what my girls call me. Like all my girlfriends from high school. Knew it. Um, the guys had a different nickname for me. Okay, we can edit later. Um, <laughs> I, I'm willing to. I'm willing to. I know. I'm willing to share. I'm willing to share because I think it's it's good. It'll it'll be good for the show. So they called me IKEA. You know, like the sweet. Well, you're part Swedish, aren't you? Um, a little Swedish, a little Finnish. Yes, you're Finnish. Okay, so IKEA stood for I know everything, asshole. Oh. oh. I was a bit oh. of a smarty pants in high school. By the I way, was, you know. Have you, you changed? Know, hmm. No, probably not. <laughs> By the way, you know, uh, in Ikea, you know, like they have the little arrows because they make you look at every single product before you leave the store and get the little Swedish meatballs. Um, some guy in the Elizabeth, uh, New Jersey, Ikea, uh, put down like different arrows for Corona. Um, and people basically got stuck. They just kept <laughs> going around. They couldn't figure out how to get out. He actually got arrested because uh, it, it actually always, created like this. That's funny. I go through Ikea backwards because... I know the arrows are there for a certain reason. So I start at the meatballs and then go through the checkout and work my way backwards. <laughs> up All right, that the tells store. us a lot about our guest, Chris. Uh, oh, 100%. By the way, I, I, I like Wizzy. I, I think, you know, you work at, you know, you're in the music space. I think Wizzy is like, you know, it has some, has some grit to it, you know? All right, the, gonna, you, you can go with it, whatever you want. Okay. I'm also gonna assume, Lizzie, that you've, you've never in your life assembled an Ikea box. Uh, you've, you've, I have. I have. Have you? I'm very, okay. I'm very handy. I have my own drill. I hang things. I make things. My husband gets so annoyed with me because I get myself up on ladders with no help. And he's like, you're going to kill yourself. You're legitimately wow. going to so kill you're, yourself. You're, 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 you're good with that stuff. Hands yeah, I hung, I hung outdoor lights last week. You know, those like gorgeous little bistro lights uh, that everyone has. I did it all by myself. The cup hooks, the drill, the whole bit. Well, you're, you're better than I am. I, I'm terrible at that stuff. I, my ADD and like, you know, the, the directions thing, I'm happy to. I have a tag team approach with my wife where she'll read it. If she does it with me, and it's, she, obviously it's pathetic, but it's true. I can assemble, like I'm okay with the screwing part, but I need her to be like that thing with this thing. And, but like when there's a lot of pieces on the floor, I just, I panic. <laughs> I, 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 I can't deal. Um, Lizzie, you are, you're, you're in um, um, California. Um, tell us where you're, t give us a little bit of the, the profile. And I can't wait to talk about, um, obviously you alluded to your husband, Ben. I know you got, you have three sleeping uh, boys. Give us a little bit of the profile. Where did you, where did you grow? Uh, where did you grow up? Where, where are you from? Where's your family from? And a little bit of your, your, your siblings and your background, if you don't mind. Yeah, I grew up in Newport Beach, California. Which, oh, so you've traveled far. Yeah, real far. <laughs> um, but a different Newport Beach, right? When I grew up here, it was the early 80s. It was, you know, surf culture, skate culture, flip-flops. Girls would never wear makeup. I mean, you were in a one-piece bathing suit, some ripped-up jean shorts, and you were on your skateboard from 8 a.m. until you had to come home, which, you know, the yep. curfew changed over the years. I think I took 
you know, maybe $5 a day and I would eat a dozen donuts for breakfast with my girlfriends and we'd go chase the surfers around. It was great. How good was that life? It was the best. I mean, and to, to this day, I like, that's what I wish for my kids. Right. I have three boys, like you said, and they are having a little bit, a little bit of that experience this summer, obviously wearing masks and me yelling at them not to touch each other, but they're on their bikes. Um, they're gone most of the day. You know, everybody's already had a biking or skateboard accident. You know, you got all the skinned knees and the hair and the sand in the bed because no one takes That's a living, shower. Though. Yeah. That's living. Yeah. I that's mean, there's living. sand. There's sand everywhere in this house. And I'm like, okay, that's that's the sign of fun. What is your, nice. I, I got to ask you just because I, I have, um, it's, it's, you know, we have two boys. Our dog's a boy. Jado, like I think her Instagram is like my life with boys. What's it like? from your perspective, just boys everywhere. And now you have like the soul. Just testosterone everywhere. Yeah, any, I'm sure you've talked about that with your girlfriends or your family. What's that like for you? Yeah, a lot of boys is like running sales teams. You just have to really make it very clear. What are the expectations? What are the assignments each day? What does success look like? And then kind of get out of their way because they don't really want to talk about it. So there's a protocol for how clean their rooms need to be before they can do anything else. There's some expectations around their contributions in the house and where they need to be when and being nice to each other. And that's kind of the conversation for the day. I really don't deal with them a lot. Yeah. Good yeah. kids. My, my, my quick thing is when I go to hang out with friends, with kids, and I see the, the girl, I'm like, first of all, I was joking, like, oh, what, what is that? Like, that's, that's the girl. And then I'm like, look, it's thinking. It's using its brain to make decisions. And I always wonder, even though I'm very happy with my life, like what it would like to actually have a little human that uses its brain. Because uh, young boys, mine are nine and seven, they, uh, they, they don't always operate that way. No, no, they don't. <laughs> but but that, you just have to understand that. Yeah. And I know it so well. And my oldest is turning 16 on Tuesday, which mm. I, I can't even believe. Uh, and then a 13-year-old and a nine-year-old. And the three of them together, if they stick together, are usually a whole person, like a whole brain. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so I, just ca- I count on the fact that at least if they're together, they'll figure it out. That's cool. Yeah. So you yeah. came up, but you have a good-sized family. Did you grow up with a big family? Yeah. So I am from a huge Irish Catholic extended family my dad's one of eight that's me yeah so you know the drill and um in fact where i sit right now my aunt and uncle live across the street and they have seven kids so their kids have five to seven kids each so there's you know i don't know i think she has 27 grandkids at this point or something and they're right across the street from me my mom and dad live a mile away my brother is here my sister is um less than a mile away with her kids so i'm one of three my mom did not come from a big family so she was not super gung-ho on you know doing so 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 wizzy where where did you fall where did you fall in the you know so you said you had an older sister yeah, so um, I'm middle. My sister. Oh! Yeah. Every single, we're, we're, every we're re- single re- guest. I think you are the tenth guest in our second season. Every single guest is a middle child. Middle's the and best. Like, Middle's where it's, it's at. Un- you know, so so let's dig, let's like dig into that. Did you feel like you had something? Because like the first gets so much attention, like can do no wrong. The third is like always the most independent. Like, did you have to like prove yourself as the middle child? Like. What's going on there? I feel so bad. My sister 
got the attention, but it was the attention around rules. Uh, I think I um, I think my parents attention is a double edged sword. Attention yeah, they I, they literally ran out of steam after the first one and still had two more. <laughs> um, and because my dad came from a big family, he wasn't really parented, so he just was like, eh, whatever. So I just um, was, yeah. I think it wasn't about getting attention, but it was more about making my own way because my parents were yes. definitely not like the type of parents that would help me sign up for anything. No, it was like, go down there, sign yourself up. I don't know, figure it out. Here's a check, here's a blank check. Sign yourself up for camp, sign yourself up for school, get into college, I don't know. Um, and it's not that they weren't involved, they just felt like that was my job to figure out once I had you know, wheels, which were my bike and then my car, that that's it, figure your life out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they must yeah. have had experiences, Lizzie, where they, um, sorry, Lizard, that they um, they ha they learned through independence and they wanted their kids to have independence. And I got to assume you picked up your, you have some of these uh, oh, parenting for, uh, skills for your, for your boys. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the minute you can feed yourself, keep yourself alive, meaning you have the safety skills um, <laughs> and that you've proven yourself, you know, kind of at that like, honestly, like seven, eight, nine year old range we started setting up some pretty specific independent challenges for our kids. Like they ski by themselves with radios. I do not ski with my kids. I, I, that is my alone time with, with Ben. <laughs> They're off on their bikes all day. They go to the beach by themselves. They're fully ocean safe. Um, so we make sure that they've been tested and then we let them go do their thing. Everybody has a job in this family. Everyone's making money with the exception of the eight-year-old working for someone else that is not a parent or related. I love it. Um, I love my, that. Yeah, my son's a really good babysitter, so he babysits for all the neighborhood kids, and the other one's really good on boats, so he um, helps a bunch of captains and does different work and learned uh -huh. how to learned how to do electrical wiring this week. I'm like, that's it's important to us. What about my kids? About my kids are professional Netflix watching. Um, how old are your kids, Bill? Um, so I have four. Um, they are 21, 18. Uh, 15 and two. Oh, wow. You're doing a re rerun. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. two year old I, will I, be very independent. I, I, uh, I say all the time, like, I can't believe I'm doing this fucking shit again. Uh, oh, but it's like I, I, most... I would do it again, but the diapers I could skip. I hate it's, every, I, I love babies. There, I just hate changing diapers. There, there's, there's ways to outsource that. Um, I, I, I actually, the, this, um, this has actually been such an incredibly rewarding kind of experience for me. You know, like the first time around, you know, like you don't have enough money and you're scrambling and you're trying to create your career, like having the opportunity to truly enjoy um, enjoy it has just been like the greatest gift to me. Um, and, yeah, and, sure. and by the way, my, my, like my two-year-old, like just walks around like Shar Shar, like Shar Shar is the 15, her name is Charlotte. She calls her Shar Shar. And she, it's so cute that she's, she's always searching for her and looks up to her and, uh, all the kids like love it. It's like kind of brought like the whole family even closer, which is great. Successfully integrating uh, kids is a uh, is a uh, <clears throat> huge kudos, um, and he's. But I had a I had a legal drink with my son for the first time last. He turned twenty one last week. Oh wow, um, that's fun. Yeah. And Bill, and I'm uh, sure it wasn't the first. Bill, but legal. The Bill, first, first legal drink. drink. Yes. <laughs> Bill's been always very good with his uh, very very good uh, dad lizard. He's uh, he's always been notorious for bringing his kids over to CES, and. Uh, 
I bring my kids to CES. I bring my kids to Cannes. Yeah, me too. But I think like you kids have to see you work. And I love this business for how hard we all work, but that it is fully, you know, it's very acceptable. My kids grew up at Pandora. Like they were in the office all the time and they, um, you know, would contribute to projects here and there and sit in on conference calls. And when kids were sick for school or, you know, couldn't go, or there was a day off, I'd have them in the office and I'm taking notes on calls. And um, my kids know a lot about our business because of it. So I think it's really important. So Liz, All right, Lizzie. so Lizzie, we got we got you we got a young Lizzie. Um, Where did you go surfer. to school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you go to school? What'd you study? What was your first job? Let's get into that. Okay, so I went, you know, all through obviously high school here in um, Newport Beach. I went to Newport Harbor High School. Um, famous Newport Harbor sailors would be Misty May, who won a gold medal in oh, beach sure. volleyball. Steve Aoki, who was a good friend of mine going through high school, big famous no way. DJ. Yes, I have a picture um, of me and my daughter at Cannes with Steve Aoki. Nice. Oh, God. He was so fun growing up with. Because, um, you know, his dad was rocky and gone all the time. Oh, God. Hang on. I mean, getting phone calls while we're talking. Um, yeah, well, you know. Anyway, so, yeah, that's what happens. You got to work. Um, all right. So then I graduated from there, went to University of Arizona. Mm. I did do one year at Boulder and hated it. I realized mm. I'm not a cold weather person. Yeah even though I love to ski and I love to snowboard, but it did not, it was just too cold. So anyway, went to Arizona and there I majored in finance and accounting, double major. Um, did not go with marketing and comms, which, you know, is surprising maybe, but I loved, I love math. Uh, my dad uh, ran a business that was heavy into accounting and math and I worked in his office a lot. So I just felt like if I had a finance background, I could do anything. Um, and that is my college. Lizzie, this is, this is, I think we're spiritual animals here because, <laughs> you know, even though there were six cancellations and we're finally here, I was a finance and accounting major. It's the best. <laughs> I was, I was actually a CPA for five years. Oh, wow. I have almost went that route, but I have a funny story about why I didn't. But um, one of the things I did while I was at the University of Arizona was I was a tutor for the men's basketball team. Oh, and I, I know. So Mike Bibby was who I tutored. Oh, oh Mike wow. Bibby. Isn't that funny? Mike Bibby, of course. Um, and a couple other players because uh, they would struggle a little bit here and there, but it was really fun. We'd take classes together and then, you know, do study work together. Did um, they ever ask you to, did anyone ever ask you to maybe like take the test for them or like, did no. you get, did you pocket drinking money for like, po- like, did you, Never, never pose no. for another person. No. It's okay, Lizzie. They can't take your degree away. They're probably no, not gonna. No, no. I, I would say that most often there would be maybe some sleeping in class when I was taking the notes, and they were supposed to be listening. But I would take the notes, and they would be like sleeping next to me, and then we'd have to re-review the notes. Um, but you know, that's okay. They had late. Were practices. you a good student? Did you like school? Yeah, I was a really good student. I was a very, very determined to get good grades. And what, what through the, um, through either through high school or college, what kinds of jobs did you have? Like, I, I, right. I, I want to go, I, I want to go lifeguard. I want to go lifeguard. I want to go like, um, a like wait, waitressing, bartending. I got a lot of thoughts. You're warm. You're warm. You're very warm. Okay. I, ha- I think I have revealed this in a couple other places, but it's not really out there. Oh, Lizzie, sorry. Before you continue other places. We have a hundred, another, Chris, Chris. We have a superpowers exclusive. Let's let's give yeah. Lizzie the stage. 
Okay, okay. You know? I'm just telling her. I just, I was just going to tell you that that all other shows or any other things. I know you do a lot of podcasts of Lizzie. None of that really matters. No one cares. Today, um, the superpowers podcast. This is when you break through to the next level, and actually, the show that people will care about and judge you. So carry right, on. Right, judging will be key here. <laughs> all right. So at 15 years of age, I decided I needed to take it up a notch and make better money. I was babysitting, I was working in my dad's office, I was working at a hair salon, but I really needed to go for big money. My lifestyle had increased, I needed to get a car, you know, clothing was important. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go be a Hooters girl. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't we have the photos? <laughs> I do have some, I can send you one. I went down to Hooters and got myself a job. I could only be a hostess because I wasn't even 16. So I wore like a white golf shirt and white golf shorts and then graduated to be a full blown Hooter girl. And I was a Hooters waitress until I was 21, like long wow. time. Wow. You, you must have seen and heard. Okay, this makes a lot of sense right now. I worked um, at all different stores, all different stores under Wings Management. There's different Wings franchises, but um, loved it. I was a bartender. I was a waitress. I was a head waitress. I helped think about a training program, which they didn't have. I mean, I, I could have gone into Hooters Management probably and been like Kat Cole, who's now the CEO of, um, you know, a really big Fortune 500 company. But, um, you know, instead I ended up in media. But you learned a lot of good pers uh, people, people skills, how to deal with people, I imagine, in every every that, shape that, or That, 100%. Drunk yeah. ones, sober ones, old ones, yeah. young ones. Oh Isn't it goodness. crazy that, like, a place like Hooters actually existed? Um, like, you know, I like, know. in this day and age, can you imagine, like, a Hooters? Like, you know, I guess it's still in, you know, somewhere in the middle of the country, there's a lot of Hooters. Oh, still, right? Arizona, yeah, Florida, they're, they're yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Did you, you didn't was, meet your you didn't meet your husband at, while you were at Hooters, did you? No. Where did you Where did you meet Ben? I met Ben at work. Yeah, he was. Okay. There. Well. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So 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 your finance and accounting. What What's your first job after Arizona? So I'm getting ready to graduate and have plans to go to New York City to work in finance. Um, and as I'm graduating from college, a really good girlfriend has a long-term boyfriend and he says, hey, what's Lizzie doing after school? Um, oh, she's going to New York, she's gonna work in Wall Street. Well, there's this job, CBS is starting this thing called CBS Interactive and they have this thing called CBS Sportsline and it's like the web and there's email involved yeah. and you know, whatever. She should interview. And I thought, you know, I'd love to stay in LA for the summer. No one wants to go to New York City for the summer and be like broke and not in the Hamptons or something, right? So I interview and decide I'll take the job if I get it and hedge, right? I'll work this job. I'll call the other job and push it to September. And yeah. so I took the CBS job, loved it so much. Um, and, and the CBS all, job was, was LA? In LA, it was at CBS, at Sportsline, yeah. right? Which was a, co which was yeah. a joint yeah, venture at the time between CBS and those guys running that operation in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and taught all the TV guys how to sell the internet. That was essentially my first job. I was an assistant. And all these guys were, you know, TV guys. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Right. And, and this was what year now? 99. Um, yeah. This is, that's basically when I, I, I got, I got rolling to you. you. I met were, you in 1999. I, I couldn't remember if it was like 99 or 2000, but I know it was, it was at that zone and we all cut our teeth 
selling 460 by 60 banners and polluting the interwebs, um, which yeah, I feel I mean, kind of, I, I feel really good that people had to see shitty advertising yeah. that I was responsible I for. bought my first house on Pop Unders. <laughs> <laughs> the Pop Under. 100% we were selling exit traffic. Don't you remember that trick? All of you course. X10? To get, was yeah, it X10? Get, no, no, it was um, a gaming site. It was, um, yeah. yeah, no, it was I, hilarious. Wild, wild, wild west. So, you're learning the art, you're learning, you know you want to sell, right? You, I mean, you knew that early, I imagine. You knew yeah. you'd be good at sales and I marketing. I knew I'd be good at that. I, I honestly love people. I think there's a lot of people that don't like people and deal with people because it's a part of their job. I love all the crazies. I just like to hear people's stories. I'm yeah. pretty good at you know asking, probing questions to where you get to know re the real person. And then those relationships, I think, just really map to wanting to be in sales and marketing. So, so you did CBS Sports Line. I imagine you worked your way up from kind of an assistant and a planner to a buyer. Um, like, you know, how how did your career progress from there? Oh, even wilder than that, Bill. Buckle up. So, no, I was at CBS through the summer. NBC was launching NBCI. They heard yeah. about me because there were very few people that knew digital. I left CBS to go make thirty thousand dollars more at NBC in the same year. Yeah. Right. And then I was at NBC this fall of 99 through the winter. And on one of my sales calls, I pitched to this company that had just gotten just, I think venture funding, I don't know, it was maybe their B round, maybe an A round. And I left that meeting and the president of the company called me. It was iwin.com, if you remember that. I remember, way back. I win, yeah. of course. And she said, what do you make? I'll double it if you come run sales for us. We have no idea what we're doing. So from May graduation, I made $35,000 in my first job. To January, I was making $125,000. That's a good wow. wardrobe. There, you, got your, you got your car. You definitely yeah. have a new wardrobe. And I delivered. I really did. I understood how to pull together a go-to-market strategy. I was able to get in front of um, you know, marketers pretty quickly and train new people and planners and, you know, figure out an ad serving strategy. Like I did understand the technology of it. So it wasn't just that I know I'm a pretty face. Um, well, not so pretty this morning with my beach hair, but, um, you know, it wasn't just the sales piece. I really had to run strategy for a lot of these companies that I had no idea what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Wow. And, so and I would, but so now did I win, um, did they crash and burn at the dot-com bubble burst? No. Well, kind of. They got picked up by uh, Vivendi, like through Yeah, yeah Vivendi of, was picking up everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And through a bunch of M&A work, we kind of became this like big gaming web-only um, experience with a bunch of different domains. And Snow Was Snowball part of that? Snowball.com? No. no. They, no. Went, they, they crashed and burned an idea. What's interesting about that stage, Lizzie, is I got in 99, 2000, had a couple years, everything. I love how Bill said the bubble, the bubble burst. I just, it sounded really cute. I want him to say it again. Oh, my phone's ringing. Um, so, so a lot of people left the industry. I don't know about you where you like, I remember a lot of people got into online. It was kind of this big thing, but then a lot of people bailed because they're like, oh, this is fake. This is not real. And they go back to, you know, they go to print, they go to television. Was there ever a yeah, but Lizzie, there? Lizzie was never didn't have anything to go back. To. Yeah, no, I had nothing. Oh, she right. started. She was forced. <laughs> no, but um, you know, my, you you taught you asked about Ben, my husband. We met in that gaming moment. So Flipside was a company in San Francisco that bought us, and then we became Vivendi. 
Um, and there was a moment about 16 years ago where I did take a break, but he and I got our break together because we were both laid off at the same time. And nice. so we went to Australia for a bunch of months. We got pregnant with our first child. Like we just kind of had a little adventure. And by then a, a handful of things had normalized post bubble where we saw got a it. lot of opportunity in ad tech. And so then both of us got into ad tech and away from publishing for isn't that it, Isn't it recovery. incredible that as a result, it's just really funny how life works. As a result of this sort of massive implosion, you, and at this period, you meet your husband, you, it's afforded you this opportunity to go see the world and your family, you know, whatever that timeline is, your family starts. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I, I imagine just the other road or the other company or whatever that you could have or shouldn't, didn't take and, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're in this business and anyone, all three of us have been in it for, sounds like, you know, the same amount of time, I'm never focused on my feet being in one spot because it just yeah. doesn't serve you very well. You really have to be comfortable with very wet cement at all times. And if you get comfortable in that, then I think you can thrive, and all of us have, right, through all of these changes and figure out when you're starting to feel that friction of a market change or you know a um, recession in that moment, right? And this one we're in right now is another challenge to just find the opportunity in it. And that's, I'm, I'm married to a guy and my, I myself really believe in that. And so it's never felt like this up and down. It's almost felt like these lateral moves for me and sort of this mm -hmm. like yeah. wash more so that we've had to navigate. So it's sort of like ocean beneath us versus this like terrible roller coaster. Interesting. And, and so now what did your husband do? Like, did you, like, did you work with him or he was just like a guy in the office? Like, Oh my God. I didn't even, I hated him at first. It's always a good story. Right. When I've, we've been married now for 17 years and we like hated each other. Um, he was the head of engineering and I was the head of sales. So I'd bring all these uh, ideas. Contentious. Right? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, we're going to do this PayPal integration. It's going to be amazing. We're going to build this native ad that's going to have payment functionality built into it. And he'd be like, you are nuts. And you're not telling me what my roadmap's going to be. And you're not running prioritization of resources at this company. And so that went on for a little while. The, I think we met in January of 2000. And then we were at a bar in July and had a kiss. And that was it. What's wow. you know, wild that you navigated that period because it's the classic problem in any organization that salespeople come in, they're, you know, they're untrained, they just want to get the deal and get the commission. They basically throw the grenade to the other side of the room for like the product people and engineers to figure it out. And every organization, there's massive contention uh, with engineering and salespeople. So yeah. it, the fact that you were able to navigate that. Um, well, I always tell love, people- Love in the air, man, love in the air. I, there is no way I would be in the role I am now without my husband being the energy that I couldn't get away from, right? Because we would come yeah. home from work and he wouldn't let it go. He'd be, you know, pushing me to not be that salesperson. He wanted me to understand the technology behind yeah. what I was asking for. He wanted me to understand how impossible my ask was if it was. And then he wanted to figure out how we could solve it. So I learned a lot by and i and i inherited a language right that works really well with engineers and yeah. i understand how they think and so he taught me a lot about what the other side of the fence really is so that now in my role when i'm building um you know market needs or i'm um articulating to advertising or or excuse me to engineering or product i can navigate those conversations better 
It's a great segue, Lizzie. Let's get into Pandora. So uh, obviously huge, huge brand, huge name, pioneer. So, so by the way, did, but did you go from there directly to Pandora? Um, no, there was some, you know, of course I had to work at a video network at least once because everyone has to. So I Mulligan, Mulligan, Mulligans. Uh, no, and, and, and did a little bit of performance, um, you know, Everyone needs a little DR advertising. Everyone needs a little DR, but I had to, you got to learn it. It's, it's a stop yeah. on the road that you have to do. Totally. Um, no. And then, and then, um, and then went to Pandora and then, yeah, 15 years. I'm in my 15th year right now. March of next year will be my 15th anniversary. So let, let's wow. get into that. Cause I think it's a really, how did you discover Pandora? What, how big was Pandora at the time? I remember meeting Tim at an NY, I think I told you the story, Lizzie, a, a, a panel, uh, back in 07 at NYU. So you have to help me out with the timeline. The Pandora was already established then. Yeah, we almost but, went out of business right before then. Okay, yeah. That sounds about right, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. 2000, yeah. Well, because I mean, that was post-iPhone. So we were back humming by then. But what was, I think for our audience, it would be really great to, to sort of map out what was Pandora at the start? How did it get started? Obviously, you, you know that story. And of course, the inclusion of how, what got you excited. I'm sure you didn't realize that you were jumping on a rocket ship at that time, but talk, talk us through a little bit about that period of time. Yeah, so um, funny story about how I ended up at Pandora is I had just left a job in um, video sales in the video network space. And one of my favorite clients of all time um, worked on the Honda business. Her name is Lauren and she, calls Gina me. Lauren. Gina yeah. Lauren. Yeah. And she calls me and says, Hey, we want to buy media on this website, Pandora for the Honda fit. I think it was the Honda fit launch. If you remember mm. that car back in the day, um, we just spoke to them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to sell it. Can you just be in the middle? Cause someone needs to put the media plan in media visor. And that was like the real problem at the end of the day. It media wasn't, visor. <laughs> it wasn't that she didn't think she can cut the deal, but you remember like it had to the plan had to get somewhere. Um, so they made the introduction. Um, I consulted over the phone for a little bit. And then Tim, I think it was Tim, or it might've been Joe, their CEO said, come up, help us come to Oakland. So I get to Oakland, I get out of this elevator and it is just the most disgusting office you've ever seen in your life. First of all, no one was in Oakland back then. It was like, yeah, wait, yeah, you, yeah. you're where you're not in San Francisco. Like you, Bro if you were in tech, Brooklyn were, back in the mid 2000s or oh, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but Tim was frugal with his investors money and wanted to save as much as he could and not spend it on real estate. So anyway, get there, you know, there's a disgusting like red Ikea couch that someone clearly had like brought from their dorm room. There's like, you know, a bunch of music analysts because that's what they were doing, right? Analyzing all the music to build the catalog because it's all done by ear. And I just walked in and we had a conversation about what they wanted to do. And what they wanted to do was sell the entire site for $10,000 a month. I'm like, guys, guys, did you hear Alexa just all of a sudden yeah. in the background? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I was I wondering know. who that was. Hello, was like, hello child you, number two. Go yeah. brush your teeth. Go make some omelets. She just Go decided to give job. us the news. No, yeah, I don't know. She right. just broke into the news. Um, so anyway, I said I would help them, but I did not want to work there. I had, you know, had my fill of startups for the last couple companies. I thought I would go back to big co, but still be in the digital space. And Tim just wore me down. And Tom Conrad was the head of product there. Mm -hmm. He's now the head of product at Quibi. Quibi. Um, yeah. And so 
yeah, they just wore me down. And um, within, I met with them in January and by March, I was working there full time. There was um, it kind of a nascent sales, just really young sales group there. There was, um, I don't know, three people maybe. I was the first sales hire that yeah. was going to be market facing. Um, there was one girl that was trying to figure out what the ad serving was going to be. And that was about it. Amazing. Um, that, and that was, I mean, you know, my, my experience with music has always been kind of challenged in the sense that music is so hard, it's so complicated and labels and kind of distribution and all very few players kind of make it through there. Um, but you, it sounds like between Tim and Tom and the opportunity to be at a grab, did you know you were kind of, did you know you were onto something when they finally, you finally got past the IKEA couch? I mean, I, I was concerned about the business model. The content cost is, was a real problem. Social, of course, yeah. was, was doing great things because they didn't have content costs, right? All the user-generated content, for the most part, came for free back in the day. Um, and they were able to build these really big businesses and monetize at a pretty decent margin. And I knew we were going to have a challenge around driving profitability. But the listeners kept coming. The site was growing so fast. Yeah. I, I'm specifically calling it a site because it wasn't an app yet. And yeah. um, I just felt like I want to be where people want to be, Americans meaning. At the time, of course, it was just a U.S. Um, offering. And I just felt like if, we, if anybody could figure it out, maybe I can, of how to build ad products that can be sold at a premium in order for there to be margin to cover the content costs and drive profitability. I knew it would be a long road, but I felt like I'd learn a lot. And honestly, like, and you guys probably, I, I hope you'd agree with me. I loved the team and there were so many bad actors in digital at yep. the time that yep. were bad either because they just didn't want to listen to other ideas or they were, you know, had big egos or just were bad people wanting to not create a really healthy, um, you know, market for us all, right? They were continuing to sell products that they knew might not deliver for advertisers, but would make them easy money. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to build something different. And I felt like we could, I felt like we could sell at TV level CPMs if we got the user experience right. Um, and, you know, that we could solve real business challenges for marketers. So I don't know, it, you know, it had it up, its ups and downs, but I still believe that today. And I still bring that spirit to work every day. So Lizzie, uh, just to give our viewers a sense. So, you know, you walked into this terrible office in Oakland, you know, nearly 15 years ago, there was a, you know, the bad furniture and a handful of people like, tell us about the organization you lead today. It's, it's so fun. Okay. So my organizational role has changed. I've had in 15 years, probably 15 jobs at Pandora, um, moved through the sales world all the way to the world I'm in today, which is I'm the connection between the market and, um, our engineering and product teams for the most part. I think that that's one aspect of my job, but I think the most important. Um, so I'm head of ad innovation within that role. I run our creative agency that's internal for advertisers to use. So we build most of the audio ads you hear on Pandora, SoundCloud, and um, mm. SiriusXM down the road. I run all B2B marketing and all of our go-to-market efforts. So anytime we're going to market to talk to advertisers, to build new products with their needs in mind, to talk about the change of the audio landscape, that's all my team. I run research. So 
working through all of the third-party vendors out there and making sure that audio grows in a healthy way to be measured yep. properly by vendors that often don't understand audio. Um, and I run a small sales team within that also. I have I've never let go of my love for actually being in front of clients and selling the product. So I run an innovation sales team that just works on our beta products. So anything that is brand new might not yeah. have full-scale measurement. Yeah, might not have full-scale measurement, might not have um, full-scale you know, integration into all the third-party transaction um, tools. So might not even programmatic or might go programmatic first. Um, so it's fun. I see everything all the way through from a client saying, I have a problem, come help me. I don't know what to do all the way through to possibly building a product, taking it to market, you know, putting money behind it to advertise it and then showing up at things like can and CES, my team runs all of those for, for us, for the business, so, for the brands. How yeah. would you, so Lizzie, a couple things, how would you, how, I know it's a long answer, but if you give any sort of points, how do you think you got there to this position? You have a huge responsibility, you have a big role. It's very impressive. From kind of that 14 year period, what were some of, you know, what, what's some of your insider sort of points of view or insights that you could share, sorry, for our viewers? And number two, through that um, journey, did you ever have any challenges as relates to being a female executive and sort of working her way up the ranks? Yeah. Um, I'll take the last one first, or the second one. Um, you know, my personality, we, we talked a little bit about my origin story. Um, yeah, it was, it was hard to be a woman. I'd say that I had to gear myself up for certain conversations, especially those around a boardroom table. I yeah. am very um, committed to preparation. I do not show up to anything unprepared. I um, make sure that when the moment comes, I'm ready for it and I shine. And so um, it served me well. And I'm not, I'm not scared to take those risks and I'm not scared um, to put myself in a position where I am the only you know, female and I'm pretty direct and I'm willing to interrupt the men all the time. Um, especially because I usually have the right answer because I've done the homework. Um, so now, you know, I'm, I'm probably the most male energy in a lot of these rooms. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'm the one being told to like, calm down if there's such a yeah. thing as classic male energy. Right. Right. Um, and then on the, you know, what it's taken um, to get here. I, if I look back on the one thing that I do over and over again that provides me new opportunity is when I see a problem, I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to get a team to help me fix it, but I'm so not, I'm not the person that says, oh my God, that's such a mess over there. I wonder who's going to fix it. I'm the person that says that's such a mess. Here's how we're going to fix it on this timetable, get this team together, even if it's a cross-functional team, because I think once you get to a certain level, it's always people that you don't manage. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's, and then, you know, how it is once you say there's a problem and I can fix it, then someone says, okay, well, we'll reorganize the company around you then in order for you to do that 10 times over, especially once you get a couple of wins in your bucket. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you, you obviously hey, go ahead. Bill. Hey, Lizzie, if, if, if we had, you know, five or six people who report to you, um, what would they say is your biggest strength and your biggest and what annoys the fuck out of them? Um, I think now, I, I change over time, Bill. I'm getting yeah, old. Yeah, sure. 
And I'm a better listener now than I ever have been. And I really think I, they would say, I listen, I listen to their problems and I really am a great coach. I um, am so not interested in being the one that looks like, um, you know, I I don't care about getting the wins anymore for me. I want them for the team, which is also a trick in, I don't want to work that hard anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. I want (laughs) to, I want to train and coach those um, that work for me to be, um, to take my job. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think they'd say that. I think what pisses them off. um, I do usually know where I want to go. And if we don't get there pretty quickly, I just stop the meeting and say, here's what we're going to do. So I, I am pretty decisive decisive, very very decisive yeah and and i'm not big i I am a good coach but i'm not big on too many feelings like bring your whole self to work but don't bring your drama so if you're having a lot of feelings around something i'm pretty quick to say like you know time out uh listen now what what, on the kind of to piggyback on bill's question on sort of weakness or um not weakness but what do you think some of your biggest learnings or uh, mistakes or regrets through your, through your career uh, were, or any sort of, and and by the way, who, who's the, who's the furry friend? I'd love to have. I know. Is that like a golden, is that a golden doodle? It's a labradoodle. I don't know. We can't see. I see. I knew. I was going to ask that before. I know he, he really like, he just wants to be near me. I think these poor dogs are going to have a rude awakening if we ever go back to work. I know. They're so spoiled right now. Dogs are going to be like, what the what just happened? happened? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. Biggest mistake. Was that your question? Well, um, yeah, just, just learning. Yeah, yeah. Regret learnings. You know yeah. what? I, I, um, Chris, you know, my boss now, John Trimble, he's a great guy. And yeah. one of the things he said to me and he's, um, you know, we've worked together now for 11 years. He says, you're never not wrong. You just sometimes need to work harder to get consensus because people Mm. don't want to feel like they're being dragged with you. Like they want to walk with you, you know? And um, he's right. He's right about that in that there are certain people that often know the right answer or have the solution, but the ones that do it in a way where they don't help everyone else grow with them in that, you know, outcome. Um, aren't fun to work with. They're not fun to be around, even if they're always right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, but that's you know, it's, it, but it's incredibly frustrating when you have to wait hours, days, weeks for people to get to where you know the answer is. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and that's, you know, I spend a lot more time now on one-on-ones, like pulling people out of a meeting or ahead of a meeting with me to say, hey, I know you and I are going to agree on this. Here's why I think this is best for the business. Usually yeah. when people don't agree with what's best for the business is because they have their own like shrapnel around where they sit in the organization or why they don't want to agree with a certain person. It's always just people stuff. And I really try to deal with that before we get to meetings so that we can move really quickly um, to, you know, get the desired outcome and push the but, business. Back to John uh, Trimble, CRO, correct? Is that John's uh, yeah. title? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. John's, John's, a, uh, John's a native here in Rye in Westchester where I live. And my, my funny story about John, we've all known him for a long time is, uh, Bill, you'll appreciate this. Arrived here four years ago, meet on the train for the Metro North. Did not know that that was kind of a no-no not to talk to people in the morning. Yeah, that's a big so no-no. Like, <laughs> so he's there. It's like 8.15. I'm like kind of happy. I can imagine stuff. Chris being like, hey, hey. How's, your, how's your weekend, man? And I remember now that I look back, because I could, re- you know, can, can, could read the train. 
he gave me that sort of time that like he even at 10 minutes, oh, cool, when did you move here? How are your kids and all that? He's very friendly. But I, I picked up enough, luckily, to be like, oh, now I understand this works. So the next few times I saw him, like 10 feet away, you know, anything before nine in the morning, all you do is, is, uh, is wave. I'm sure he would tell you his same, uh, his, that, that same story from his standpoint. But he's a wonderful guy, and I imagine you've learned a lot from him as well. Yeah, I've taught him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That's a, that's a he taught me one thing. I taught him everything else. <laughs> so, Listen, so, you know, you're, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, you know? No, he's good. You know, he's the, he's a great um, leader in that he knows how to, he, he does zero in when we can't agree. <clears throat> His management team has, we've all been together for a really long time. You know, one of the reasons why I've been here so long is not because there haven't been moments where there's been better opportunities, you know, on paper, or um, I've been um, feeling like the business might not survive, but the team is so incredible that yeah. um, it's what's always kept many of us together. Well, Lucy, I just want to reinforce that because I know that for a fact as well. I know you're not just saying that. So Heidi was obviously there for years before she took the, yeah. uh, the role at the NHL. Alan Shansler, like I've, I've talked to Alan on, you know, plane trips over to Cannes and stuff. And I've talked to Pandora execs where they said it's a great place to work. Um, which I think is really interesting because you see generally a lot of turnover. Um, so I totally support that. One question, can you talk to everyone about the, so the, you know, what, what's happened with Pandora over the last couple of years from, you know, you, there's been kind of new leadership that's come in from the CEO level. There's been sales, yeah. there's been, then you have kind of Spotify out there. What is, what is Pandora today in your, you know, your unbiased, which will be impossible, sort of vantage in the world of music and listening and also you know how yeah where is it today what is pandora today yeah well and and the business isn't just pandora anymore right right so, seriously yeah. right 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 um right. you know the company is the largest audio entertainment company in the united states so if you um approach it from that vantage point we then say okay where are the listeners and what do the listeners want well first and foremost um, you know, COVID and this pandemic has changed audio listening behavior, period. So where we're even going to be in six months will be interesting. But Pandora thrives on its lean back radio experience. It is yeah. the best streaming radio experience out there, both free or if you want to pay a subscription for no ads. We are the largest in the connected home, far and away past anyone. And again, from an ad-supported standpoint, the addressable audience is still 2x. In fact, Edison Sherevier came out today. We're now 1.7x Spotify and 3.5x iHeart. So for advertising, we're the you know, number one no matter what there. Um, yeah, yeah. But from a listener standpoint, you know, it's continuing to change. We're evolving the connected home experience faster than we probably would have because we've seen significant growth there in terms of time spent. Obviously people are commuting from their couch to their living room and not jumping in their cars, right? Or jumping on the train. Um, spoken word, of course, podcasting is growing. So we're continuing to figure out how do the, you know, how do we take Sirius, which is a powerhouse of talk, right? I mean, there's music there and I'm sure if you look a Sirius customer, a lot of people love the highway. I feel like that's everyone's favorite Sirius station. A lot of country yeah. fans out there. Mm -hmm. um, but how a do you take of, someone- a, a lot of them don't admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no one likes to admit they're a country fan. And I can tell you people are 
into Celine Dion country and some other things that would surprise you. Um, But, you know, how do we take someone like Howard Stern, who I'd argue is like the OG podcaster, right? If you just take the fact that he was only on satellite and how do you bring him into the Pandora environment? So a lot of what we're working on today is just working through what is the right listener experience by platform and then by product. So satellite versus digital. And then connected home versus mobile app versus web and web is kind of growing again, again, because people are at home. Um, yeah. And then we think about, we think about SoundCloud um, because we rep that yeah. inventory and have to, um, you know, we're excited about that audience being totally different. I love SoundCloud, but that's a, that's a, yeah. That's a, it's a great platform. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if you're a creator, it's yeah. an incredible platform for creators. Yeah. So it's just a different um um, you know, heavy multicultural audience, younger audience. So, so my job is tricky in figuring out, you know, I want to always be true to the listener experience because that's always what allows us to create the best ad products. And it's so diverse in terms of how I have to approach that. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, the serious audience is so different from the Pandora audience and the SoundCloud audience. Um, and then we own AdsWiz, which is a platform and technology um, offering in the audio space. And they help monetize Gosh, I think it's like 40 to 50 different publishers right now, um, which we're working to rep that inventory. And I spend a lot of time telling publishers how to do better so that they can make more yeah. money. Lizzie, what I, uh, go ahead. Lizzie, what, what would you do if you, you, you know, found like the Spotify app on your son's phone? It's on my phone. Are you kidding me? I, I, I'm, fine with that. I want to understand all the different experiences out there and make sure that if there is something happening on a competitor's platform that I think is appropriate for us, um, all right. that, that we look at it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd be an idiot if I didn't spend time on their platform. And I spend, I mean, look, we, I think we all have to be um, real consumers, right? Like the minute you get True. so obsessed with your own experience, I don't think you can be good in this business. I mean, I spend a ton of time on OTT right now because I think it's a hot mess and I'm so sick of watching Yellowstone and getting the same ad over and over again. I want to like make a personal plea to whoever's hey, running advertising. Hey, hey Bill, are you getting fix a, it? Bill, you getting a little taste of what Trimble deals with now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Lizzie, let's let's um let's <gasps> let, let's let's shift gears one more time. If you're if you're out of Pandora next week, what does what does your life what do you want your 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 next stage of your life to to look like? Do you wanna could, should we expect to see that you're starting a company that you want to focus on just, you know, parenting more, take, kind of sucking up the precious hours before your kids, uh, you know, get off and get married or whatnot? Like, what does, your, what does your next stage of life potentially look like after Pandora? I don't even think about it. Is that sad? Um, you know, I would love to start up again with Ben. I'd love for us to do something together. We're, that, we're actually a couple that works really well together. Um, so we've been talking about, what does he, what does he do now? So he, um, has sold a bunch of companies and is advising. Now he's got one that's really exciting called Crexy, which is in the commercial real estate, um, space that, um, he spends a lot of time with, but he's mostly consulting. Yeah. So he's, he's on calls in the other room. He's actually been in here a couple of times looking for headphones. That's what you've heard. But um, yeah, so we, I think we'd um, do something together. In fact, we were working on a couple things, um, me advising him, not that I was looking at leaving my job, but um, you know, the market's a little funky right now for obvious reasons. 
and we've got three kids. So we have a real reality around needing to be around more. I mean, I have never, I mean, I'm in an, I'm in and out of airports. Like that's been my life and my kids, I think do okay with me on the road, but now that I'm home, I'm seeing some gaps. So, um, (laughs) some small gaps. Um, so I do think I want to be around a little bit more, but honestly, I'm, I'm so happy where I'm at right now. I think you have those moments where you see something you really want to go do. And I'm just not in one of those stages right now. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. And I feel like to the point I mentioned earlier, we, I have a lot of work to do to get, you know, the future of what Sirius is going to look like, um, with all of these brands underneath it, um, to market probably for 2021. We're so busy. Okay. So, so you're, um, so you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you've continued, even when I baited you, you're, you're going to stay loyal to, you must have like a big check coming next week or something. Um, but you've, you, this is loyalty to its finest with Pandora. It's, 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 it's funny though. I do, you know, you talk to recruiters and we all know them. And I had a recruiter call me the other day for, there's a big job out there. Not, not suitable for me, but I, she said, you know, what does your list look like? And I ran her through and she's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if we could ever put you anywhere. Your yeah. demands are so significant and it's not just money. You know how it is like the ability to do what I want yeah. and not a lot of places, unless you're the CEO of the company, which in some ways I feel like I'm, you know, get to be the CEO of this operation I run. There's not a lot of people, um, excuse me, questioning, um, how I'm going to do it. John comes in every once in a while and then says, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Um, but that's hard to find. It's really hard to find a yeah. me and it's hard to find a good team. And, we all want to make great money, but it's not um, everything. And I do, I, I, you know, money is important to me. I'm sure it is to you too, but it, it really is the whole experience so that you walk home every day with a smile on your face and you get up every day with a smile on your face and I'm happy and finding happiness in work is yeah. not easy. Well, yeah. it's really, it's really interesting. I, um, I generally founders, um, and I consider myself, well, I'm going to use this sort of term and maybe it's in part of the summary of your superpower, but in an ironic way, it's, it's impossible to find it in what you're doing in a large organization, which is basically unhirable. So I consider myself unhirable, like no matter what I do next or yeah. C2V doesn't work, which will obviously won't be the case. Like it will, I'll have to do the next thing. Cause I can't, and you found it within an organization under John, but I'm sure you guys have a, you know, obviously yeah. you report to him, but you have a, a working relationship, but to be able to do that in a large organization and basically be an entrepreneur is, is, is very, very unique. Well, and he, you know, I think it, for anybody out there that has a C in front of their name, it's like find, or in their title, find the great people and get out of their way. And there's a funny story about Jim Meyer, who's the CEO of Sirius, right? And when we were newly acquired, I met him for the first time. We were having a you know, half hour. He was doing a half hour meeting with all the key executives. And he's like, I've heard about you. You're tough. <laughs> I've, I've been told to stay out of your way. And yeah. what that, well, but what that means is that like I deliver. And so yeah. the, pe- the, the, the leaders that I report to and they all make jokes that they work for me, um, I think they get that about me and I have a history of delivering. So I, I do feel like I am the CEO of this big, important piece of our business and no one really gets in my way and we're able to deliver. And so it works for me. But yeah, yeah. If, if the new CEO came in tomorrow and was like, you can no longer do this and there's all these approvals now and we're going to make your life a pain in the ass, I'd be out in one second. It'd be a day yeah. and I'd be gone. Yeah. By the way, you know, you know the show like Undercover Boss? Yes, I dream about so, going. I, I love that show. 
I I love that show. So unfortunately, every all my employees know me, but um, but I did like a um, covered boss. Like so, I basically said at one point I was like, you know what? I, I feel like I just need to be a little bit more in touch. So I I did six different jobs over the course of of a couple of days, and I had them film it. Um, and it was everything from like I did customer support. Uh, I, I, I handled reception at one point. I, you know, I did QA. Um, and, you know, what I learned through that process is I am only qualified to do one thing at my company and, it's and that's the job you have. to run it. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. do anything else. In fact, actually, my, I love my customer support team. They, uh, we call them customer experience now. So uh, I, was, I was, you know, answering calls, like doing, you know, messages. And I get somebody, you know, at an agency said, hey, we got a TV spot in San Antonio that went crazy. Did, I, I need to fix it. And then all of a sudden they start yelling at me. And I was like, and I was like, you right, started crying. I was like, you know, so I, I'm literally like trying to get in it. And then I said, and then finally, like they're getting really frustrated. And I said, hey, I got to admit, I was like, I'm really not qualified to solve this. I'm actually the CEO of the company. Um, and I was like, let me get someone who can help you. And then I look over and my entire customer experience team was sitting laughing. Um, <laughs> so they had called a customer. Oh, they said, that's hey, so our good. CEO is going to be here. Call them and go crazy on him. And it was the greatest. It was the greatest. But that, like, needless to say, I'm not qualified to do anything in my company. Yeah, um, I, I, I hear you on like getting into the detail to have a, a respect for your employees, but B also to really understand if your business is out of touch. And I'd say that's the thing in this pandemic that is just the hardest for me is I always go out on sales calls the minute I feel like um, I something doesn't feel right. You know, when you're just yeah. like a product's not selling great or yeah. a certain vertical isn't buying or there just feels something's off. Like the, the momentum's gone in a certain area of the business. And I will go on sales calls, not even really announcing what I do. I'll just say like, oh, I'm, you know, Lizzie Whithelm, I'm in product or something. I'll just pick yeah. something general just to really, you know, hear the feedback. And you can't do that now. I mean, yeah, I could jump into Zoom yeah. calls and I've done that a little bit, but that's what I miss the most. And I, I miss can too. It was always like my level set halfway through the year to really understand the temperature of the market, where we sat within it, you know, where I might yeah. have had dreams of something being perceived by the market in one way and it not being perceived in the way I wanted to. And I don't know, you get that temperature check and I feel like I'm missing that. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and there's only so much you can do over the calls uh, through, this, uh, through, this, uh, through this period, but um, yeah. Um, so Lizzie, we are we're kind of rounding out on the uh, the the end of uh, this uh, this superpowers podcast, which has been a lot of fun to 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 hear your hear your story and your uh, a little bit on the personal side. I kind of wish we got into that a little bit more. Tell tell us how you guys are. Uh, kind of last questions here. How you how you and your family are doing and and your kind of uh, your your plans over the couple of months outside of trying to get them back into camp or or school or whatnot and kind of what's the vibe in California specifically where you are yeah the vibe's <laughs> tough we actually left three weeks ago and drove to Montana um, the uh, family truckster as we called it we had like a huge extra long sprinter van you know motorhome thing uh, we took my brother with us who travels with us a lot. He's single and super fun and always um, 
brings good energy for the boys. But we went Zion, we went through Glacier National Park, like we did all the parks. And that was honestly so great because it was just the six of us and we really got to spend um, time together. And my hope was that we would come back from Montana and we would be starting to think about reentry, right? And getting yeah. offices ready to reopen and you know the camps were gonna be starting. And then this last week, you know, we're here in Orange County, COVID is whipping around like crazy. Um, you know, it feels like we're, honestly, I feel like we're at day one. It's, it's really tough in terms of how um, sick some people are. So, and camps canceled and whatnot. So this weekend, we're gonna go, um, we're gonna go away again. Um, we have the luxury of having friends with a boat. You know how I love boats, Chris. You know you love your me. boats and having friends with boats is probably the best friends to have. Exactly, <laughs> just pay for the gas and you don't have to pay for the maintenance. By the, way, uh, so, by the way, is your brother available to go on other, like would he other go Other family on, trips? A, a Canadian trip to like, I love how you just inserted <laughs> that in there, but I think that, that, that requires a little bit more attention. Your family trip and then you just throw your brother who's like oh the guy on the couch to go in there and be like, can you go basically parent my, my kids so Ben and I can cocktail early? That's what hey, I, that's what that's I read through the lines. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's so the thing about my brother, he should be for hire. So he specializes in uh, geology and ecology and <laughs> understands all about animals. He probably should have been a park ranger, but they don't get paid anything. So he's in yeah. commercial real estate instead. So he would be on the hikes and he's like, boys, look over there, pick that up. That's basalt rock. Do you know how that got there? Oh, this is sedimentary movement from the volcanic <laughs> age of the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, meanwhile, I'm in the back, like with a white claw yeah. in my like backpack, just like crushing, <laughs> crushing day drinking. And he's just waxing it, poetic does, about does, animals and sediment. Does it make Ben feel insecure that you your brother's the better father or is he, yeah. is he <laughs> no because ben is the disciplinarian ben I, is rough like if you step yeah. out of line you're it could get physical he is really a good dad when it comes to raising these boys into men he does not i can say fuck he does not yeah. fuck around good yeah. that's, that's yeah. way that's way you got to be with boys i'm um, operations ben is you know discipline i'm just like we have to be here at this time and i already paid for it Shit, shit's tight. <laughs> shit's, shit's tight in your household. Lizzie, love the professional. Um, uh, you learning more about you uh, at the professional level, even though we've been friends for a long time, and I know Bill uh, agrees. But also, just great to hear about your the the family side and the personal side of your life and your kids, who I know you adore, and you being a mom and all that. That's that's first and foremost. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap. We we uh, could not thank you enough to uh, be yeah. patient on, on our seventh attempt. Uh, to have this uh, this show uh, with you, um, it was great to have you. And with that, I'm gonna pass it on to uh, to Bill to kick off um, your superpower. We obviously kick start the show with with reminding our guests that we try to go on this journey and do our best to summarize one superpower. And luckily, you did not tell us what you thought your superpower was. We would have actually canceled this, the broadcast. So Bill and I are gonna do our best um, okay. uh, telling us your superpower. Yeah, so so I will start just kind of recapping what we've learned so far, right? Which is uh, a young Elizabeth, uh, Wizzy, turn lizard, Wizzy, lizard, lizard. Um, lizard, Ikea, um, you know, is a SoCal girl, um, you know, kind of got her chops, you know, uh, you know, she has hustle, right? I mean, who else gets a job at Hooters, um, you know, <laughs> when she's also killing it and uh, and and helping you know the basketball team at University of Arizona get through their math classes. 
Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of her that is risk adverse because no, uh, nobody who studies accounting doesn't have that, like some sort of like, Hey, I need to make money type of thing. Um, but you know, and as we went through, you know, I, I started getting pieces of like, Hey, listen, um, I, I give people enough rope to either swing like Tarzan or hang themselves. Right. She's like, listen, I'm not sitting there up my, my boy's ass. Like they know they got to like clean their room, do some chores, contribute in some way, make their own money. You know, uh, it seems like that's how you manage your team. Um, clearly there's a lot of passion, uh, loving the interactions of people. So like getting a lot, but so, like, I was just thinking, of this one quote, which is, you know, trust is earned, not given. Um, and I kind of like, just like kind of, I'm going back on that because I feel like that's defines a little bit of like who Lizzie is. It's like, Hey, listen, I'm going to trust you until I don't. Um, I'm going to entrust that, you know, you do these certain things. As long as you do, we're all good. Um, if you need me to step in and start, you know, managing this and going deep, I will. Um, and so, you know, I, I think there's this a little sense of like, she lives her life, like trust is earned, not given, um, win your trust. I'm going to win your trust. Um, by the way, I'm always right. And you know, you're going to trust over time, John Trimble that like, you'll know I'm always right. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to say that's your superpower. Um, that's what I'm going to say. That's Chris. good. No, it's good, Bill. I think there's some there, there's some good overlaps. By the way, Lizzie, sometimes we uh, we're just we don't even I don't even respond because I'm like mic drop. Sometimes there's an overlap, very little disagreement because well, we have to get what's along. In, but what's interesting, people need to, like Bill and I don't know each other. You and I yeah. know each it's other, first, but yeah. Bill and yeah. I do not know each other. So that's, but, but, I think Bill, the only thing I was thinking is I might have sprayed your face with um, with champagne at Cannes at one point. I, yeah. <laughs> Probably. I'll, I'll send you the dry cleaning bill. I was wondering who that should yeah. go to. Well, I think, I think Bill did a nice summary here. I mean, I, you know, I, um, the level, the, the, the amount of attention to detail in your life was, was an eye opener. You, a lot of people don't know who they are. They go on this journey. I think one of your superpowers, you, you very much have known your, who you are, and you've made that very clear to who you interact with. And as a result of that, you've garnered, I think, more respect or to get out of my way. And to your point, I'm going to deliver results. I think one's best gift uh, it, it, um, it is being socially aware and emotionally aware of surroundings. Yeah. And I think you, you absolutely have that. And while it's such an obvious thing to state, I think confidence is such an important, like if there's one thing I want my kids to have or anyone to interact with, like confidence gets you so far. Not fake it till you make it, but like confidence and, and, and getting results. So I think your, your, your confidence and then to your, your career path, I sort of jot down like you're, you're emotionally connected to your work. I'm not entirely sure what I was thinking in like how, how that's sort of defined, but there's like, a, you're emotionally intelligent to your work. And I, and I, I have to call that part out because 15 years at a large company and excelling, how did that happen? So, um, um, those were a few things that I I uh, I, I kind of wanted to unpack as well, but I think uh, I think we found Lizzie. What do you think? I think yeah. you guys were. I, I was talking about it with Ben this morning, um, and you're right where we were discussing. Yeah, you're okay. you, you know me really well. This is really nice. I feel like I'm just gonna crush the day. All this like <laughs> yeah, you are glowing, you're glowing assessment of me. 
Yeah, don't get, but don't get me wrong. There's significant downside to being in my orbit sometimes. I know. We understand that. By um, the way, I, I was going to say, you, you don't want to get on the bad side of wisdom. Like, no, that is, no. you know. No, because, the, the kids, you know, trust, every, everybody trust, would tell you that. Yeah, trust, you know, trust can be earned, but it can also be taken away very quickly Liz, in the world Lizzie, of Lizzie. Lizzie, we're going we're gonna to end this now, but Bill and I have one final request. When this show gets broadcast to our millions of viewers, and this part of the show is shared where we're talking about your superpower, I want to have all your family watching on a big screen. I want you to record the reaction, <laughs> um, and I want you to send it to us so we can enjoy that as a follow-up. They, um, I will. That'll be good. They'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Lies. <laughs> Lizzie. Lies. She's awful. Lizzie, good luck with camp getting open. Thank you so much for your time. We loved having you on yes. Superpowers Podcast Show. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Superpowers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.